With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Argyle Chat, the Plymouth Argyle podcast brought to you by the Herald Sports Desk. Welcome to Argyle Chat, where we will look back on a hard-earned point for Plymouth Argyle in their one-all draw at Fleetwood Town on Saturday. Joining me to discuss that game and so much more is Chris Harrington. Hi, Chris. Hi, Stu. And Jack Ball. Hi, Jack. First time on here for a while. Hello. Yeah, hello. How are you? Yeah, welcome back, Jack. (laughs) Um, So then, guys, you're both up at Fleetwood enjoying your quizzes and your beers and your fish (laughs) and chips and everything else. And uh, a point as well for Argyle. Chris, is it a point gained or two dropped, would you say? Um, A point gained. Yeah, it was a... It was a tough game. Fleetwood, um, I was quite impressed with Fleetwood, to be honest. I, I, I thought John Sheridan, the former manager, Argyle manager, would have them fired up. And um, they gave Argyle a really good uh, a good test and a good examination. I thought Argyle started the game well. Uh, they got the goal through Mo- Moses McCarthy. It was an excellent build-up and an excellent finish. And that put them in a good position. Um, but probably the last 20 minutes of the first half and the first 20 of the second... Fleetwood did play well. They caused Argyle problems. Um, Argyle probably were a bit more open than I expected them to be. You know, they, they, once they got one 0 up, they, they certainly didn't go into their shells and try and defend that lead. They were looking for for more goals. Um, when Paddy Madden equalised, poor goal to concede. Um, but when he can, uh, equalised in the 56th minute, you're thinking, well, you know, Fleetwood have got the momentum with them. Um, but I thought Argyle saw the game out pretty well at the end. Um, there was a couple of handball shouts. I've not seen any replays of you, Jack, no, of the not, penalty incidents. Um, my gut feeling was at the time that um, both penalty appeals for Fleetwood. I thought the first one didn't look a penalty to me. Second one could have been, but you know, without sitting, saying as I'm sitting on the fence, Jack and I were probably halfway inside the opposite half. It was a bit uh, difficult to tell. John Sheridan thought both were penalties. Probably Derek would Adams do. Didn't. <laughs> Adams didn't. He probably would do. Yeah. You know. So uh, I'm not sure you can really gauge too much from the manager's um, feelings. In the end, you know, I, I think in the circumstances, because I've not touched on Sonny Bradley and Anthony Sarsavik being out, having two key players out, yeah. a long way away from home against the team that you know, to me, I mean, Jack can discuss this maybe, but. I, I, looking at Fleetwood on Saturday, I, I don't understand why they're 21st no. in the table. I really don't. They've got some really good attacking players. Um, so I think all in all, good point. And we're at that stage of the season as well where you know teams down at the bottom are... You know, look at um, Rochdale, for example, mm. go to Rotherham and, and yeah. getting a, a really good 1-0 win. Mm. You are going to get those shock results this season. So whatever Argyle can pick up against those sort of teams, it's obviously... New manager bounce, Sheridan, exactly. Paddy Madden, Madden has got a good scoring record against yeah. Argyle. You know, he scored both two goals for Scunthorpe against them earlier in the season. And then again on, on uh, Saturday, so... I don't know, what did you I, think? I was, saying, I was mean, saying to Chris after the game, you know, you look at their, their strikers, you've got Paddy Madden, you've got Conor McElhaney, you've got Ashley mm. Hunter, you've got Burns and Huulo, who both came on in the 90th minute. I mean, you take most of them in the Argyle team, you know, it's it's crazy that they're near the yeah. bottom four. And that's no disrespect to Ryan Taylor, because he's done a fantastic job for Argyle, but 
you look at our goal striking options at the moment you've got Ryan Taylor Simon Church and Alex Fletcher yeah. you compare that to Fleetwood and if that's what you based it on you'd think Fleetwood would be the ones where our goal are on the exactly, table yeah. and our goal would be the ones struggling well that's just it I mean you look at where Fleetwood have come Chris and I were talk, talking about Fleetwood earlier on weren't we in, in the office and you know it wasn't so long ago they were getting crowds of 100, 200 they're in the non-league mm. but obviously they've got so much money behind them now that they can afford to, to buy the likes of Paddy Madden for 150 grand and you think what well, he's going to be on and in terms of contract as well and, and that's the thing and, you know they've, they've, they've taken Diago Aga up there as yeah. well who it wasn't even in the team and you know we know how well he did at Aga and you just think that out of all the teams down there I think John Sheridan has landed on his feet in terms of getting Fleetwood because he should be able to keep them up and yeah. I think it's a cliche isn't it getting any points on the road is, is, is great if you can win at home and Argo keep that unbeaten run going only one loss in 16 I think it is now against John Sheridan and I think all in all everyone and there was a, there was a spell in that second half where I thought Fleetwood were going to go on and get a second goal before Argo calmed down a bit and so at the end, I was yeah, relieved that we got a point and like I said, it builds nicely for the Bristol Rovers game yeah. this weekend. Chris, you mentioned about our goal being quite open. Do you think that's just a result of the confidence in the mm. team at the moment? Yeah, and Derek Adams sort of said that he thought that counted against them a little bit, uh, you know, in the, in the way the game went. But yeah, when you've won six games in a row, you're confident and you, you, you take an early lead against Fleetwood, a team that have been struggling. Mm. You know, why wouldn't you sort of be confident and, and look to get... Um, get further goals, you know, the, the, the full-backs, certainly uh, Oscar Threlkeld and, and Gary Sawyer were pushing forward well, they weren't sort of sitting at the back, so no, they, they, they they played quite well that first 20-25 minutes, there was a, you know, contentious moment where um, Derek Adams felt there should have been a red card for Fleetwood's Louis Coyle, he, he went in pretty heavy on uh, Ruben Ramirez, didn't he, Jack? Mm. Um, referee deemed it a yellow card rather than a red card, I think. Probably that was the right decision. Ruben Limmer is like Catherine wheel. He was spinning up in the air before he landed back on the floor. Um, but again, if there'd been a red card there, for example, you know, one up against ten men for seventy-five minutes, yeah. you know. Um, so there was, you know, there was. I wouldn't say either goalkeeper had masses of saves to make, but there was enough chances in the game for both teams. There was enough talking points, penalties, red card, yellow card. It was it was quite a good game. I thought it was um, it was you know um, a good contest between two sides that really went to try and to try and get the win. And why wouldn't they? Because Fleet would need the wins to yeah. move out of the bottom four, and Argyle need the wins to try and keep in the top six. And also, it's really positive that Macassie's come in and got a goal because we've spoken about the goals now coming from different areas. And when you're not getting your chance, like Macassie's had to be patient since arriving from West Ham, he's finally got that chance and he's mm. taken his goal well. And again, that's another indication of, of players having confidence even when they come off because you know it's down to the player to get that position in the starting team and that's what he needs to do and that's what he did yeah. on Saturday obviously he scored the goal how was his all round performance did he fit in well no, I think he did quite well because mm. in the circumstances like, it's, like I said it's hard when you've not played with a team it must be hard I mean I'm not a professional footballer but it must be hard to come into a team that's been on such a great run of form because really you're, you're either going to carry on as you go and put that sort of you know in the same sort of vein or go downwards aren't you so it's, it must be very difficult to come in but he, I think he reacted quite well Anthony Sarsovic a big shoes to fill. Yeah, he's really he's come into really well, he? really come into the fore in the last few weeks. So he, I think he did well. He looked confident on the ball. He, he didn't look shy. He was chasing everything in the first half. I was very impressed with. He did lose it one or two times, but he chased down. He, he tried to win it back. He closed the Fleetwood players down and kept the pressure on them, which means sometimes they would whack the ball away and, and lose possession because of his work rate. And when you, when you come in, all you can ask for is you try hard and you work your yeah. best. And that, he certainly did that. Yeah, and a goal to mark his debut or his full debut as well um, as you mentioned Sarsovic there um, it doesn't sound good with him does no. it with the, with the injury um, we've had put the usual request oh. out for questions and we've had loads so um, thanks to all of you out there that sent questions in we'll start with one from Lewis who said how do you think Argyle would do if Jamie Ness is injured as well as Sarsovic yeah Jamie Ness went off in the second half 
um, midway through the second half with what uh, Derek Adams said was a calf injury. Um, and unfortunately, Jamie Ness was out for three, with, three months earlier in the season with a calf injury. So we don't know the severity of the, uh, this, this latest problem. Hopefully, you know, Argyle got him off before um, too much damage was done and it might have just been a bit of a tweak, might be a little bit sore, but nothing too, too serious. But that's one that we'll, uh, we'll chase up as the week goes on with uh, Derek Adams and see what more news he has. But clearly, if Jamie Ness and Anthony Sarsvik were out of the team, that's two of your three centre midfield players, that, that will leave a big hole. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I was quite impressed with Moses McCarthy. I thought he, he covered a lot of ground. He did well. You know, I, I don't, you know, on one game, admittedly, I don't think you'd have any problems with him being part of that three, but you would need Ness and or Sarsavik, you know, in there as well. Derek Adams was not not too keen to sort of give us too many details about Sarsavik's injury, um, but he did talk about an operation, and if you're having an operation on a groin injury, you know, I'm not a medical expert or a doctor, but mm. I would suspect that you're going to miss, if you have a groin operation, you're going to miss most of the rest of the season, and if not all of it. So, yeah. um, As we say, there's only eight weeks left now, isn't there? It's so. only hard to believe, isn't it, how quickly the season yeah. goes. So, um, so Sarsavik sounds as though that might might be quite, could be long-term. Uh, Ness, we'll wait and find out. But yeah, I mean, if, if, if both are out, that, that's not good, because you mm. can put Moses McCarthy in, but then what are you going to do from there? I think, you know, Lewis has asked how, how, how will Argo do, and we spoke about this on the way back. Mm. The good thing about Argo's team is they've got quite a, f- a few players that can play in various positions. Frelkel can play midfield, for example, yeah. and earlier in the season you had Gary Sawyer at right back and Aaron Taylor Clare at left back, they could do that again. Mm. The advantage of, of the players that Derek Adams has picked is they can play in versatile positions. You've got Songo as well, mm. who can play centre midfield, but of course if Bradley's out, he might still have to play yeah. centre back. So having these versatile players is a big bonus, and it, it does mm-hmm. help you in these sort of situations. You could play Carey, which he did in the midfield three towards the end of the game and then you've got Ainsworth and Lanieres either side of Ryan Taylor so there are options but yeah. you are you know they had Alex Fletcher Cameron Sankster and Ryan Law well, I was going to say I think that the so, weakness is when you look at the bench really. so you know um, they're, they're getting a bit low on numbers yeah. um, Gary, Gary Miller and Simon Church were both injured as well so if you say Miller Church Sarsavik um, Bradley didn't play Ryan Edwards obviously out at the moment as well. If you throw in Jamie Ness as well, there, you know that's mm. that's a big chunk of your squad gone, isn't it? In 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 yeah. quite a short space of time because they've had such a settled side during the the really good run they've had, and uh, you know the timing of these injuries is uh, is not good, is it? That being yeah. said, though, you know you can say the weakness on the bench, but what better opportunity for these youngsters to try and earn themselves a future Argo? You know, people have criticised Argo in the past for for not giving some of these young players game time. If Sankster, Law or Fletcher do get some game time now, then what a great moment for yeah. them to try and push on and try and earn themselves a contract. And, and Sankster's a player that we know Derek Adams clearly likes because he's been so public in his, his praise of Sankster. And if, you know, if Nesson Sarsovic is out, he, he may well get a call-up. Or if yeah. not, he will be one of the first to come on should one of the midfielders that do play end up needing to be removed. And, and Law, again, we've seen Law a few times for reserve games and whatnot. He's a, an exciting prospect. So, so yeah, th- th- it's quite encouraging. Yeah. Uh, question from Richard Sloman. He says, "Do you think Derek Adams is happy with his medical team? His comments after Saturday suggest he is frustrated at the injury situation and recovery time of the players." Chris, you spoke to Derek, and mm. it did come across that he wasn't too happy with the injury situation at all, was he? Yeah, he he's definitely frustrated. There's, there's no no two ways about that. Um, he really didn't want to say very much about the Anthony Sarsavik injury at all, and it's one of these where you. 
ask a question two or three times and uh, address it from a slightly different angle, but you, you feel like you're, you're, you're getting a flat back to play back at you sort of thing. <laughs> Jeff um, so you, you, you do get limited information. He did say he wasn't pleased about it. Now, you can interpret that in one or two ways. Um, he didn't... Uh, he wasn't going to go any further on it. So, um, but he's he's made the point that he's not pleased about the situation. Now, whether that's because you know the injuries happened in the first place, whether the injury has has been exacerbated by something, you know, I'd only be speculating. But he's he's not happy. He wasn't happy with the injury situation. But again, why, why would he? You know, that everything's been going so well recently, and then you go into a game like that without Bradley through what he described as an illness. Um, but again, we don't know too much more than that. And, and Sarsavik being out injured with a, with a groin injury and, and facing an operation, you know, he's, he's not going to be happy about that. He's looking at his bench and, and thinking, crikey, you know, we're, we're getting a little bit short of experienced players. You know, Fleetwood sent on Geordie Harula and Wes Burns, two decent substitutes. Yeah. And Argyle were a little bit limited in what they could do. So um, I wouldn't say that um, that was necessarily a comment about the medical team. I, there was definitely frustration Again, something maybe we can explore later in the week with Derek Adams when we see him next. It must be, might be worth saying that the medical team have had their work cut out this season. They, 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 they've they, had a lot yeah. of injuries to deal with this season. You know, if you think the first few months of the season and, and, and now, and um, yeah, it's, it's certainly not been easy on the injury front. This they've, earned, they've earned their money. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Uh, another question from Sean. Are Argyle being hampered by consistently poor pitches on their travels? And playing well at home, thanks to the quality pitch we have. I mean, the performances are there away from home, aren't they? Argyle haven't lost since, when was it, November? November the 25th yeah. was the last time so, I yeah. lost away from say home. Say Argyle have been hampered, you look at results and you say, no, possibly not. You know, We've got a saving grace of half of our games on the same pitch, which is a good pitch at home park. And I think we can take a lot of positives from that. And Derek Adams isn't afraid to change his tactics when you can't play the ball on the ground so much. The, the pitch at Fleetwood wasn't the best. No. Um, the ball, you know, was, was the, the pitch was lumpy. The ball was going a few places where they were hoping it wouldn't go. But I, I don't think it's hampering them too much. I think Derek Adams has obviously worked with them in training and they know how to deal with those sort of situations and the players have adapted quite well. There was still, still some nice football being played at, at points in the game. And I think the teams that play on these pitches as their home turfs regularly are the ones that are hampered far more than... Yeah. a team that plays in, in that ground once a season but you're going to have that in the lower leagues and league, you know, we haven't had it as much in this league as we did in League 2 for example mm. so it's just part and parcel of being a lower league football club at this moment in time. Yeah, and you see down the road at Blackpool as well they've had issues with their pitch for years now the, there were some really ropey pitches I watched the highlights show over the weekend and uh, the Berry Oldham game was, was played yeah. on something that looked pretty uh, pretty. and it's just the pitch is a pitch I mean it's the same for both sides you know you can argue that some teams are used to it and so that's a slight advantage but um, uh, you know Argyle on their travels um, I, I take Sean's point you know the, the you know, poor pitches don't help you know they're, they're lucky to play at home park on such a good pitch mm. as, as that but you know Argyle's away record they haven't lost away from home since 1-0 defeat at Portsmouth on November the 25th I mean yeah. you know I've covered Argyle a long time and they've not had many runs of more than three months with going without an away defeat so um, they're doing pretty well away from home in, you know, in, in all honesty yeah that's right uh, Jack I'll put this question to you because obviously you spoke to the man after the game uh, Ryan's asking how was John Sheridan with the Plymouth Press given his history at the club now we decided to put you in front of John instead of Danny Salmon so. <laughs> well, well I, I mean I'm not sure I only interviewed John a few times when he was down here I'm sure he would have recognised Chris but Chris deals with the, you know, the, Ho- the Argyle side of things and I tend yeah. to deal with the, the away side of things so he probably didn't recognise me to be fair as a Plymouth 
Plymouth person, but he was no different to what he was like. You know, he was in a rush to leave. Maybe laugh he, what you tweeted his yeah, first he, comment. His first comment to the, to the gathered press was, um, "Oh, can we make this quick? I need to shoot off back to Leeds." So he and and, and again speaking to Chris on the long drive back from uh, Fleetwood on Saturday, and this is only his second game in charge. You think he yeah. wanted to make a bit of a positive impression? So anyway, he did the radio duties. The the, um, the Fleetwood correspondent up there for the local paper asked if she could ring him on Tuesday to get the stuff that she couldn't get then, and he, and he darted off. So I didn't get to ask him too much myself, um, but he, he he was quite happy with what he saw. But it was the same Sheridan that I don't think uh, that he was here, and I don't think fans would be surprised to hear, hear that. I don't think he'll ever change. Yeah. Um, but I, I I think there are worse people that could have got that job than John Sheridan. He's he's got a history of saving clubs that are struggling when he first yeah. was in there. So it's a short term too. I think I think that's a good a good fit. Yeah, I mean, from his point of view, though, it's a great job to have. You know, the resources that are available. If he wants to stay there, he could really kick on next season. It'd be, it'd be interesting to see. I mean, he should keep them up. Yeah. Any manager that gets that team relegated with those players have, yeah. have done Especially if you've got a reputation of, of being a firefighter. Like Very much, has. I think, when it came to Argyle, there was nowhere near the, 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 the depth and the, the talent that he's got at Fleetwood yeah. now. I think you could say the same when he went to Oldham. The very, and Newport, even. I think he's got the best squad that he's had for a long time. And he should keep them up. And I'll be interested to see if he does keep them up, as he will be expected to do, whether they'll keep him mm. beyond this season. That'll be interesting. But um, yeah, I couldn't uh, believe that stat that we again ch- chatting about it with Chris earlier on. Apparently, this is Sheridan's fifth job since Derek Adams took charge of our goal two mm. and a half years ago. I mean, Not five jobs in two and a half years. It's amazing, incredible. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and I still put it down to the fact he doesn't want to play our goal at home park. He's still <laughs> yeah. not been back. Uh, and I'll, I'll park. never forget that. Yeah. I should, if I got a chance to ask him a question, I said, can you please come back to home park? <laughs> Uh, moving on then, guys. Nathan, if our goal to gain promotion to the championship, how logistically ready will the club be next season? Yeah, it would, it would be Maybe a challenge. A question, it, it would be really? a challenge. Yeah, if they were to gain promotion, uh, there's, a, there's you know there's a grandstand about to be redeveloped and expanded. Um, so yeah, it, it probably wouldn't be ideal timing, but you know you'd be foolish to turn down a promotion just on the basis that we're not quite ready because mm. we were doing work on the grandstand. I mean, I think uh, I did see somewhere, you know, it, it's a good, it would be a good problem to have, yeah. it? but it would be a problem. I, th- I think Burton-esque would be the way to put it. I think, mm. you know, look at Burton and their resources compared to most mm. are very small. But what I would say to that is how prepared Ross County for the Scottish Premier, Premiership mm. when Derek Adams took them there, you know, mm. yeah. very small club and he did extraordinary things with them. I mean, Nathan's right. It's the logistically bit, I think, as much as anything. Yeah. I mean, are you, financially, are you ever ready to go up from League One into the Championship? No. Because the, the step from League One to the Championship is Well, look at Yeovil a few years yeah. ago. Look uh, at where they are now. I think, I think I heard something on the TV the other day that, you know, the central payments from the EFL, if you're in the Championship, it's six and a half million pounds per club. And if you're in League One, it's a million and a half. So there's a five million pound difference, mm. you know. So you're going up into that division and you're getting that extra money, but obviously you've you've got perhaps less to work with than a lot of the clubs in the championship who've got rich, wealthy foreign owners in, in, in many cases. So financially I don't think you're ever ready. Logistically, you know, you know, there's a lot going on at home park at the moment, you know, it's not like they've got four sides of the ground that they could have all open next year and pack people in to see, you know, the big teams in the championship and get twenty thousand crowds. Um, but like I say, I think it would be a good problem to have, yeah. but a problem nonetheless. I'm sure Argyle would uh, find a way of overcoming you'd, the problem. You'd have to, you'd, you'd, like I say, you just have to make it work yeah. as best you could, and of course. you know, um, you know, you still got three sides of the ground that you know you get as many yeah. people in as you can. And I'm pretty sure it'd be packed out if they did manage to get to the it, championship. It'd it, be, it would be a very interesting time, I think. Mm. Yeah. 
Uh, Matthew Penny, a similar type of question really. If the club can hold on to a playoff position come the end of the season, can you see the current squad being strong enough to get a prom- to get promotion or will Argyle be destined to spend another season in League One and then get a whole new set of players during the closed season because quite a few of the current players will have to go back to their clubs and some will become free agents to find new clubs away from Plymouth? Oh, that's a good question, isn't it? It is. I mean, I, I suppose Derek Adams is probably at that stage where he's looking to rebuild a team to go forward. So you're looking at the likes of, you know, he'll probably want to keep Carey... Um, Bradley and, and try and build that spine and keep four or five players perhaps as his spine and then build from there. Again, it's a good problem to have. Yeah. Uh, in football, there tends to be bad problems to deal with or good problems, but there's always problems somewhere along the line. It never runs that smoothly. There's a lot of players who are going to be out of contract in the summer. Um, will they be offered new deals? Do they want to stay? Will they agree deals you know, financially? Um, will some players want to go back up north or to different parts of the country, having been down in Argar, uh, down in Plymouth for a while, um, you know, does Eric, Derek Adams, you know, see them as being good enough for a, for a top half League One, maybe Championship side? Um, so many, it's, it's, it's plate spinning. Yeah. You know, we don't know. You know, the odds are that Argar will probably be in League One next season, but you can't. You know, I'm not going to rule them out getting into the playoffs and winning the playoffs. I mean, stranger things have happened in football, haven't they? So you. you you know, you've got to be thinking about that. You know, are they going to be in League One? Which players are you going to keep? You know, um, you know, if there's a possibility of Argyle being in the Championship next season, then clearly some players that you'd keep in League One mm. might not be ones that you'd necessarily keep yeah. if you were in the Championship. It's very, it's, it's difficult. <laughs> it's difficult to plan, and yeah. I suppose I, I don't really know the answers to some of Matthew's questions because we don't know what division they're going to be in. We don't know what kind of financial offers they'd make to players. We don't know which players they'd want to keep. I mean, we know that, um, say, for example, Sonny Bradley and Ryan Taylor have both, you know, spoken to, spoken to us and, and said they're really loving being part of Argyle and, you know, gave an indication that they'd certainly be very interested in staying, you know, so if the circumstances are right. It's, um, I don't know, Jack, what do you think? It's, it's a difficult one to, <coughs> to, to really call. Yes, yeah, I mean if you, if, I mean, you, if we were sat here say uh, mid-April and you know Argyle aren't going to make the playoffs and you know they're going to be in League One, then you can you can speculate yeah. a bit more about who might stay, who might not. I think what we know about Derek Hunter is two things. One is he's meticulous in what he does. He he, he 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 will have a plan for both, like he did last season and, and possibly the season before. And we we know as well that he likes to make changes in the summer, doesn't doesn't he? He, 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 he says before he, he quite likes refreshing squads in transfer. So I think whether those. we go up or whether we stay mm. in the league, there'll be quite a few changes in the pre, in the preseason. And mm. undoubtedly, it'll take him a bit of time to get used to it. He I think he's admitted to the to us that he, he didn't realise league won't be t- as tough as yeah. it is, and the championship will be a learning curve for him as well. And it'll be interesting though because there will be players interested. I think the fact that national news outlets are taking interest in Argyle. Derek Adams did an incredible job. He, people will be seeing what certain players have done under him, how they've gone to better things. All the likes of Graham Carey, who was virtually unknown, and now he's one of the yeah. names all managers in League One talk about whenever I interview them. He's the name that keeps cropping up. Sonny Bradley as well. You know, it, I can understand why people want to be part of that. And I think if I go getting good crowds, which they've been getting at home, again, that adds to it as well. And I know in comparison to the Championship, it will be down the lower end. But I still think that that's a good opportunity for players to come and, and be part of something which is... Sonny Bradley's admitted has been quite special. Yeah. And if you are Sonny Bradley, though, you are going to be wanting parity with some of the top owners at Argyle, I guess. Absolutely, and this so. is you know, you know, this is part of the deal, isn't yeah. it? And why it's a it's a difficult one to call. You know, would you like to see Sonny Bradley stay? Yes, 
and I'm sure he'll get offered a, a, a contract. Um, but you know, it's you know, short career finances are yeah. important. You know, other offers from other clubs potentially. It's um, it's a it's a difficult one to call, and you know, Derek Adams has shown in, in his time at Argyle that you know, each transfer window tends to be a fairly major shake-up. You know, even in January, you know, there perhaps wasn't as many players coming in as some people would have liked, and probably Derek Adams would have liked. But uh, you know, there was what four came in and five or six went, so it was in the end, it ended up yeah. being quite a busy period, and I, I don't see it being any different. But just while we're sort of talking on contracts and things like that, one thing just to mention is Michael Cooper. The uh, apprentice yeah. goalkeeper um, signing a two-year professional contract, and uh, I do think that is good business by Argyle. Um, I've seen him in four of the five FA Youth Cup games, and I've seen him in a few other games as well. And obviously, when he made his first team debut as a half-time substitute at Blackburn Rovers earlier in the season, and I think ability-wise and temperament-wise, he looks to be a very good prospect. The 18-year-old, and there might be a lot of the listeners to the podcast that might not have seen him play, but I, I do think he has mm. got. The potential to be a very good goalkeeper, and I, I think it's a wise move by Argyle to get him on a on a two year professional contract. Um, in the p- recent years, Argyle have generally had their apprentices on one year in professional contracts. So the fact that they've done a deal with uh, Michael Cooper now, before the end of the season, and for two years, I think is probably quite telling of how highly they rate him. Yeah, so I think, I think that is a good bit of business that Argyle have, uh, yeah. have done. I think Argyle fans can also take comfort from the fact that, you know, regardless of what league they're going to be in next season, they do seem to have the, the solid foundation for a strong squad next year. I mean, you and I were talking about David Fox earlier as well, Chris, and yeah. what he brings to the team. You know, his experience and know-how, you, you know, you can see him being a key player for, for another year or two as well. Yeah, I mean, I thought David Fox had a good game against Fleetwood on Saturday, particularly in the second half, when you felt as though Fleetwood was just trying to get on top and... Uh, Argyle were able to, uh, or David Fox was able to get on the ball, calm things down, keep the ball, get Argyle moving forward. And, you know, Stu and I, you know, we were talking uh, earlier this morning in the office, and the thing I wondered about David Fox was going up from League Two last year to League One at 34, I wondered if maybe his lack of pace, you know, athleticism might be an issue. But I actually think he's, think he's benefited by League, League One because he's playing with better players against better opposition, better pitches and things like that. And um, I think he's actually played better this season than he did, did last year at the higher level. Um, and I think he's done a really good job. And maybe I shouldn't be surprised by that because, you know, he started his career at Manchester United and he played in the Premier League for Norwich City. So he's a, he's a good player. Yeah, he's but a good I do, pedigree. But I do think in League One, he looks a better player than, even mm. than he did in the, And he did well in League Two, but I just think, He's more sort of well. I've, I've heard it said before that you can play more football in League One. Yeah. So that probably explains why he's yeah. playing so well. Because if you can mm. play more football in League One, mm. he's suits David Fox. He's an intelligent footballer as well. There was a, there was a moment in the Fleetwood game where Fleetwood were really starting to get on top, and they were having another one of their breaks where they looked like they could score, and they were racing away. And David Fox made a professional <laughs> foul. Where yeah, he brought the player down, knowing full well he would get a yellow card, but it just broke up that play. It allowed Argyle to calm down, and I think possibly had he not done that. They would have conceded or conceded very shortly after because you could see they were getting a bit frustrated, getting a bit worried, get, you know, mm. working the ball away and not really thinking. And that moment and that bit of intelligence, even though he took a yellow card, really team. settled it for the Argyle, yeah. yeah. Uh, a question from David Parker. Jack, I'll put this one to you because I think you're the only one that saw it. But um, David's asking, what did the team make of the football focus piece on Argyle that was broadcast on Saturday? I know a lot of fans were dismayed that the BBC seemed to focus on the current state of the club's facilities 
rather than the team's excellent form and puzzled why they didn't mention the renovation that's about to get underway. This was in contrast to the positive article that appeared in The Guardian earlier in the week. Any idea why the BBC offered such a negative slant? Well, firstly, I, 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 I have to get back from Fleetwood. That was one of the first things I did was watch that bit on Football Focus. And fast, I knew it would be near the end of the show, so fast forward it right to about <laughs> the 50th minute, and then there it was. And I've got to be honest, when I was watching it, I didn't think of it as being negative in the slightest. Now, I've, not, I've said many times that I, before becoming a journalist, I was an Argyle fan. So I'm not being disrespectful when I say this to fans, but sometimes fans want to see everything painted with you know with green tinted spectacles on I think everything's amazing and fantastic I actually thought it was quite an interesting feature about the old grandstand it's not going to be there for much longer I think it would be something quite interesting to look back on in, in future for example and, and I thought Derek Adams came across well I thought um, the interviews were quite good I, 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 okay they didn't mention the new grandstand so much but they mentioned what they did on the pitch um, they looked around the, the, the facilities and it was quite interesting to hear Derek Adams saying he doesn't like working in these conditions he wants to work in better conditions and Again, it's a sign that the club are moving in the right direction, that they're going to be getting these better mm. facilities. And then after the little segment finished, they went back to the studio. And again, they talked about Argyle's position quite positively. They had tables of where they were when they were bottom of the league. They had the tables of where they were now. So they did talk about their league positioning. And I've got, I found it interesting. I didn't find it negative in the slightest. And I can understand why people might think it wasn't as positive as possibly it could have been. But I think it's quite an honest review of Argyle have done this well with these facilities. And I think that was the sort of angle they were going for. It wasn't because of these facilities, it's yeah. despite these facilities. And I think that's an honest um, summary of how Derek Adams has done this is at the club. Yeah. Well, I mean, the facilities and the new grandstand are so important to the way the club go forward because they don't have the sort of corporate facilities that you see even in League One, uh, elsewhere in League One. So it's... But the thing is, that wasn't, what the, 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 that wasn't what the feature was about. It wasn't about what's to come. It was a feature on how they've done so well with what they've got. What they have. So it's... You know, Derek Adams have spent the whole five, ten minutes talking about what they've got. We already know what they're going to get. The club have publicised that. No one would have been interested. It's, it's showing the wider world. Because let's not forget, this wasn't put out for Argyle fans. This was put out for fans across the country. I didn't, don't and, know about this, the club. And, and it was just showing what they've done with what they've got. That was the point in the future. So it wasn't all about the, 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 the future and, and the big lights in the distance. Mm. And the facilities are the facilities. That's yeah. the way that, that Home Park looks at the moment. And it's, it's not looking at its most attractive with, you know... Portal cabins being mm. moved here, there, and everywhere, and the green taverners' tent being moved, and it, it it doesn't look its best. But you know, hopefully, in the not too distant future, that will look very different, and football focus might come back and, and do a do a different different sort of piece on on, on the grandstand or whatever. But Jack's Jack's right. I mean, football focus is for the wider football community, so you know they're not necessarily going to go into the uh, the nitty gritty of grandstand redevelopment. And also, it's interesting because they showed them having blood samples, and there was a bit where they, um, they took some blood from Gary Sawyer and he joked, oh, they did, they, I don't even know how to do that, they just do it to get my DNA, some sort of joke about that and everyone laughed and they interviewed Reese Wilmot about the goalkeeping situation earlier on and mm. how incredible it was they've had seven different keepers and how it's unheard of. Mm. So there were different aspects to it and I thought mm. it was really interesting and I thought overall it was a good piece and I think that Argyle came off looking quite, quite good from it. And Derek Adams at the moment is sort of lapping up all this publicity the club are getting, you know, it's, it's putting the club out there in the, in the national spotlight and it's only good for him mm. and his, his career and, and the future of the club again a good problem to have you know yeah. some people say well we don't want too much publicity we don't want clubs coming in for our manager or our best players but the reality is is that you only get that when you're successful yeah though. and the reality yeah. is it doesn't a football focus piece isn't going to really flag up Derek Adams or your players any more than they're already known anyway you know within football people will know about Derek Adams they'll know mm -hmm. about Argyle's best players and, and um, so it is having um you know, national publicity a good thing? Of course it is. Um, 
could it alert other clubs to your manager players? No, I'm not. I'm not really. They'll know. They'll know already. As a, as a um, fan, I'd much rather we've had a promotion and be in the playoffs of the league above than be still struggling along League Two and no one be interested in their guys whatsoever. It's, yeah. a, it's a good problem to have, yeah, isn't exactly. it? The, the worst problem is when no one wants to know you. Yeah, well, and that's why they're here, it's because mm. our guys are doing well. Yeah. So. And it, you know, if, if you've got somebody like the BBC sending football focus to all the way down to Plymouth, yeah. it doesn't happen very often. No. So well, the fact that they've done it. They very rarely even have uh, Soccer Saturday people down here, do they? So, you know, so it just shows how well they're doing. Yeah, indeed. Finally then, guys, looking ahead, uh, 10 games to go. Huge game on Saturday now against Bristol Rovers. I bet you can't wait for that one, Jack, being an Argyle fan of West Country Derby. I'm not working this weekend, so I need to get my tickets sorted because I'm sure there's going to be... Has Chris not told you they've sold out? There's going to be a big demand. Um, like a big demand. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, it's going to be a, a fascinating occasion. Games between Bristol Rovers and Argyle mm. happen quite regularly. They're normally quite good battles. Two teams are in quite good form. Um, Bristol Rovers, that, again, there were calls earlier in the season for Darrell Clark to be sacked after they, were, they, they went from being near the playoffs down to near relegation and other back up near the playoffs again I think it's going to be a fascinating encounter between two good managers mm. um, two good sets of fans you know we've got some cracking games coming up because we've got Portsmouth as well um, we've got Rotherham we've got some, Peter, some, some yeah well Chris Peter and I were talking about it the, the fixtures coming up are massive aren't it's they fantastic. everyone mm. in and around where Argyle are and as I said the reason why it's good in, in purely football terms is because Argyle did pick up that point on Saturday they keep their unbeaten run going mm. and both teams will be going into this game full of momentum I think and it's the closest we're going to get to a local derby this season. Now, it's not a local derby, but it's the closest we're going to get with, with obviously no Exeter. So it's going to be, I think, a really good atmosphere this weekend. And I think there'll be some good football on show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Rovers have sold all their tickets out. So there'll be about 1,500 um, away fans in the Barn Park end, which always creates a good atmosphere. Geez, the home fans up to get behind uh, their team. So you're looking at uh, you know another 10,000 plus crowd. You know, could be a little bit more than 10,000, hopefully. But, you know, it'll be a... It'd be a decent crowd. Jack's right about Darrell Clark. I mean, remember, he, he's taken Bristol Rovers from the Conference National League into a playoff pushing place in, in League One. I think he's done a done a brilliant job at Bristol Rovers. You know, um, they've got some good players. Um, it's it's not a derby, but it's as, as close as we're going to get. Um, you know, it's it, Rovers have been a little bit like Argyle. They've been a little bit sort of hit and miss at times, but they, they seem to be on a pretty decent run at the moment. Uh, yeah, great game. Then you've got Charlton away the following um, Saturday, and you know Peterborough, Rotherham, um, Scunthorpe on Easter Mondays, looming as a, a maybe a very big game. Rotherham, it's you know it's an exciting end to the season, and you know you know who'd have thought in December we'd be talking about exciting, yeah. important games, playoff matches for, for teams that are all up and around the top six. So, it's, um, it's probably a bigger game for Rovers as well when you look at the league table. I think they're mm. four points behind Argyle at the moment, so obviously mm. a win would close that to yeah. to one or lose it, and it's it's seven. It's starting so. to become, we're starting to get those six point games. Yeah, you are. Really, yeah. is making a big difference, and you know they would probably wouldn't be unhappy with a draw because it keeps them mm. within touch and distance touch, of Argyle. Yeah. Um, it's going to be an interesting battle isn't it and like Chris said you know what great way to end the season we've got some fantastic games with clubs around us and that's what you want in this type of situation and to be honest with you you know you're going to get fans coming through the gate they're going to be enjoying it it's going to be better for Argyle financially and I think whatever happens you know come May we'll look back and think this has been quite a good season yeah just finally Chris um, you mentioned Charlton there a week on Saturday do we know yet if that game's definitely going ahead we we don't I, I believe that a decision would have to be made this week um, if it was going to get called off um, one thing I did notice was that one of the reasons Charlton had um, games called off in international breaks early in the season was they had a, a young defender on loan from Chelsea Jay De Silva who's playing England sort of under 20, under 21 football, I think. And he's picked up an injury and gone back to Chelsea from his loan spell. So that's one of the players that 
Charlton had um, games called off for mm. because he was unavailable. He's no longer there. So I'm thinking it's looking likely that Argyle's game against Charlton on that Saturday might go ahead uh, as planned, which I think everyone would be happier about rather yeah. than playing on a on a Tuesday night. So, but I think you, I think we have to. They'd have to make an announcement sometime this week. Um, if it was going to get moved, so again, that's one to uh, keep, keep your eyes peeled on the yeah. website. We'll have any any details of any uh, any change, or if indeed it's going head ahead as planned. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks a lot, guys, for joining me on the podcast. Um, that's all we've got time for this week. Thanks to you out there for listening as well. We'll be back same time next week with more of the same. Bye bye. We are always happy to hear from you, and if you have any questions for our panel, please tweet them to our Twitter account, at Herald PAFC, or visit our Facebook page, Plymouth Argyle The Herald. Thanks for listening.